now that I have 30% of your attention. Um, we, um, as a board, I've, I've been talking with Troy with this for a while. Um, this was not made lightly. Um, and, and we really talked through his need to take care of his family. And in this case, his extended family is his mom and dad. And um, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about some of the details. You know, today's not the day for that, but, you know, over the next coming, coming weeks, we'll talk about it. And if you have any questions, any questions, please come talk to me. Talk to one of the elders. Um, there's, there's nothing to hide, but, but sometimes if you don't ask the question, it makes it feel like there is, you know? So if you have questions, just come talk to us, okay? Um, we are very much going to miss Troy and Laura. Uh, and that, yeah. You know what? For, forget Troy. Forget Troy. Let's really get Thaddeus up here. Um, it's been great to, to work with them, to minister with them, to be in community with them, uh, to have Thaddeus spend his first couple years with us. We're always going to have that. And so, um, yeah, so please talk with them. If you have any questions, come talk with us. And um, God will use this for his glory and for our good, and we know that. So let's turn, let's turn on our Bibles to, uh, we're going to take a detour from the book of John for this week, and we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. If you're using one of the blue chair Bibles, it's going to be on page uh, 1007. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter you should know. Sometimes it's called the Hall of Faith because it talks about the faith exhibited by God's people throughout history, especially the Old Testament. And there's a lot to be learned from it, and I want to talk about this word faith because it's a common word that we use. But sometimes I think our use of it limits all that it encompasses. The word faith, a lot of times when we use that, we, we're, we're talking about that initial belief in Jesus that we have of coming to a, a decision for Christ, we might say. And while that is definitely included in the idea of faith, we can understand from the Bible that faith is bigger than that. Faith includes that, but there is also a way in that we begin our Christian life through faith, but then we continue on in the Christian life through faith. So every day is an exercise of faith. Faith is not momentary. Faith endures for a lifetime. And it is a step of faith in the small parts of our lives 
and when we are facing real transition in our lives. So how do we deal with that? How do we live the life of faith both in the mundane and in the spectacular? So our big idea, if you're following along in your outline there, is by faith we live lives of obedience and endurance knowing that our eternity is secure in Christ. So we're just going to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 to 10. And we're going to start at verse 8 there. We're going to look at obeying without knowledge of the outcome. Let me read verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So in verse 8, we see that faith empowers obedience. Faith empowers living out our lives according to God's word. And this is something I think that we don't see often, but that every act of obedience is really an act of faith in God. Think of the Ten Commandments. Let's pick an easy one. Do not murder. Okay? To obey that, you have to trust God that when he tells you not to murder, that that is the best thing. To obey is really to demonstrate whether or not you trust the person behind the command. Now, it might be silly to say, but in this example, we have to trust God that it is better to not murder than to murder. <laughs> now, that's an easy example. Let's pick a harder example, still from the Ten Commandments. Do not covet. In that command, we have to trust God to provide for what we need and not to be consumed by desire for what our neighbor has. That one's a little trickier. But what I want you to see at the foundation of what it means to obey God is that obedience to God is an act of faith and trust in him. We see this very clearly in the story of Abraham. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, again, it says, let me read that again. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Let me read from Genesis the story behind that summary. This is Genesis chapter 12. This is the beginning of Abraham's story. Again, this would be another good chapter to memorize where it is. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
The writer of the book of Hebrews highlights that this obedience, this obedience to move, was done even when Abraham did not know where he was going. This highlights the place of faith and obedience. So on one hand, we can understand, I have to trust that God knows best, but how much more not knowing what's going to happen next. Some of you are specifically squirming at the thought of having to move without knowing where you're going. (laughs) This is like your own personal hell, okay? (laughs) And some of you are getting a little bit of an ulcer right now, thinking about moving to a different country but not knowing what country. But this example God gives us to demonstrate that we obey and we can obey even when we don't know the outcome. That through faith we are able to follow God's leadership even in the midst of difficulty, of a lack of control over the situation, of all those things. And in one sense, we, you know, we, we have Abraham being in the Bible the sort of hero of the faith, and in many ways he was. But at the same time, I think what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that if Abraham can do it, so can you. Because while Abraham didn't geographically know where he was going, Oftentimes, and I would say all the time, when we think of the future, we don't know what's going to happen. And so Abraham obeyed when he didn't know. And that same call is to us of we are to obey even when we don't know. There are two lessons, two quick lessons of obedience for us. Number one, if Abraham can obey like he did, so can I. If Abraham can obey under tough circumstances, then so can we. If Abraham can live a life of obedience by faith, so can we. And two... This also means we must have humility in our life planning. We don't know what the future holds. We can't tell the future. Sometimes I think we believe we have more control than we really do. The life of faith does not focus on figuring out what's going to happen next. Imagine Abraham the whole way saying, God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Our, Our focus is not on figuring out the pieces to the puzzle and solving the problem of our future. Rather, the life of faith is one of obedience in following God.
I can do that. I can't figure out what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't figure out what's going to happen this afternoon. But in any circumstance, by faith and trusting God, I can obey his word and live a life that is pleasing to him, which he has let me know. God hasn't shown you the future. He has shown you how he wants you to live. Helpful verse for me, maybe familiar to some of you, is James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15. This is what James says. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church community. If you grew up sort of in the Dutch reform part of the Christian tradition, you will hear all these old Dutch guys say, well, Lord willing. <laughs> and then they say, but they're very tall, so they say it down to you with their beards. So, um, but there's something very right about that. And again, I think in our world, we, we pretend or we trick ourselves into thinking we have so much control over these things. We don't. And we need to be humble. And one of the ways that humility plays itself out is in trusting the Lord with our future. And He knows the future. He knows what's going to happen. I know how He wants me to live. And so I will do that while I say, Lord willing, and the river don't rise. But not only does faith produce obedience, faith produces endurance. Let's look at verse 9. By faith, Abraham went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him, of the same promise. Verse 9 talks to us about one of the promises made to Abraham, and that was land. We saw that in Genesis chapter 12. And in one sense, Abraham makes it to the land of promise, the promised land. But it's not his land. He's living on what eventually will be his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-descendant's land. I don't know if I got enough greats in there. Look what it says. He went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents. He lived in his land, which really wasn't his land, and he didn't even get to build a house. He lived in tents. In fact, as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, later on will say, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. Abraham endured a long time waiting for the promises. You think about the promise of a son 
I was talking about Abraham this week at the Christian school chapel. And one of the things the kids knew about Father Abraham was the song. And he had many sons, and actually I was like, that's actually sort of not true at all. (laughs) But think about waiting for Isaac. If you do the timeline, 25 years. And the promise of the land? The children of Israel enter the promised land as their own about 500 years after Abraham receives the promise. So in those two promises that we actually have timelines for, I want you to see the endurance of Abraham. One was just a long time, 25 years for a kid. But one promise he never got to see fulfilled at all. Not even close. 500 years. In fact, the text says in verse 9, with Isaac and Jacob. So his kids didn't see it, and his grandkid didn't even see it. But by faith, he was able to wait and endure. When we live by faith, there is a grit and a toughness that we can have. Because our faith and our trust is in the God who makes promises, not the benefits of the promise. Abraham could wait because he trusted God. Abraham could endure because he trusted God. Abraham's life in some way is the exact opposite of instant gratification. (laughs) And we need to learn his patience and his endurance that we have so little of. It's that commercial, I don't know if you've seen it, it's been a long time, but it's for people, you know, they have a settlement And they're like, I want my money and I want it now, right? (laughs) By the way, don't do that. I watched, I heard a podcast on that. Anyway, um, the whole lump sum thing. Anyway, don't distract me, guys. But how often do we live like that? I want it and I want it now. That's not the life of faith. The life of faith trusts the Lord and his timeline, because he's worthy of that trust, and he's trustworthy. And that's what we get to in verse 10. The writer of the book of Hebrews in verse 10 gives us a specific motivation for Abraham's faith in God. And again, if you're following your outline there in point three, looking forward to the city of God. Let's look at verse 10. So how could he obey? How could he endure? We have a nice linking word if you're in the adult Sunday school. Nice linking word here. For, verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. 
That nice linking word for there shows a causal relationship between what was before and what comes here, a reason, a cause. He could obey, he could endure because of his hope in the promises of God. His view of the end of the story and his trust in God that that promise was secure fueled his endurance and obedience. He could live obediently as a wanderer. As verse 13 says, as strangers and exiles. He could live that way in the present because he knew the end of his story. And his story didn't end in a tent moving from place to place. But his story ends in a solid city built by God himself. What a wonderful picture of heaven that the writer of Hebrews gives us. Contrasting, you see the contrast with Abraham who had to wander, moving his tent from place to place. Contrasted with that with his picture of eternity and using the idea of a city that has foundations that aren't moved. This solid place, a city doesn't move around. (laughs) A city stays in one place and it's no normal city. It's the city whose designer and builder is God. Abraham could obey. Abraham could endure because he knew his home was in the city of God. And that same promise is for us. Even though we don't live in tents, even though we are not moving, from place to place. There is a better home awaiting us. There is a perfect eternity prepared for those who by faith follow Jesus. We saw that a couple weeks ago in John 14. A similar, a similar idea I wonder where Jesus got it from. Uh, (laughs) I go to prepare a place for you, a home for you, an eternal, never-ending home. Abraham could endure and obey in unsure circumstances that he experienced in his life. Why? Because of the certain and guaranteed hope of heaven. When things don't go as we plan, when things don't go as we want, when things are unstable and unsure, we rest in faith on our hope 
in the city built by God, which never decays, never breaks down, and never ends. couple points of application to close up this morning. Faith empowers us to obey. So the person who lives by faith, one aspect of your life to do in the midst of uncertainty, to do when life isn't going as planned, and you're looking for that anchor, what one of those anchors is, is to focus on how do I live a life of obedience to God? Because that doesn't change. Whatever is swirling around you, (laughs) in one sense, it doesn't matter. Because who we are to be, what we are called to do, isn't changed by my circumstances. Sometimes when I have experienced crisis in the various ways, or I see other people experience crisis, one of the ways that some of us find peace is by doing normal work. (laughs) And that's godly, that's biblical. In the sense of when your life is chaos, who am I to be? I'm to be someone who shows love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When my life is chaos, what am I to do? I'm to love one another as I have loved you. Doesn't change. And so we can rest in obedience by faith. And secondly, faith empowers us to wait. When we know the end of the story, when we know our eternity in Christ is secure, we are then able to wait for God to bring about what he has promised and planned. Sometimes what God requires of you is not more activity, but patience. Sometimes the answers to your prayers are not yet. Sometimes God puts you in a place for you to learn or to have experiences that prepare you for the next chapter of your life. Think about the book of Judges. And in the book of Judges, the author records that one of the reasons God left Canaanites living in the promised land among God's people. One was to test them, but then he says this, that they could learn warfare and how to defend themselves. It's a very interesting thing, but that God used their disobedience and not driving out all the Canaanites. He used the Canaanite presence to teach them. Now the application is not God is trying to teach you how to fight today, (laughs) but Sometimes God is putting you in a situation, in a place, in a time, because you need to learn something. 
and you need to experience something, and you're only going to know looking backwards. I don't know if you've ever had that experience to where you look back and you're like, oh, now I get it. And sometimes that waiting is long but short. 25 years for Isaac. And sometimes that waiting is past our lifetime. Sometimes you will not see the fulfillment of God's promises. And they may even happen 500 years after the promise. But God is faithful. And so we wait and we obey as a demonstration of our faith in him, looking forward to that eternal city. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Pray that by your spirit you would empower us to live lives of faith. That no matter what is swirling around us, we can trust you. And we can rest in the hope that we have of eternal life, of the city whose designer and builder is God himself. God, we do want to specifically pray for Troy and Laura this morning. We want to thank you for the time that you have given them among us. We thank you for how you, they have served this body and the time we have spent getting to know them as friends and fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. God, we praise you that you provided this job near where they need to live. And God, we ask you that you would provide housing, that you would be sovereign over all of the details that are involved in a move, and that their hope and their faith would be founded on you. God, that we would live every day by faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.